podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for a brand new episode. Today we're talking to somebody called Baba. I'm going to let Jeremy introduce him properly, but we really hope you enjoy this episode. It's going to be super interesting and full of lots of hopefully useful information and some tips for all you dads out there. So Jeremy, you can introduce him for us. Hey guys, thank you for joining us once again. And thank you Baba for being with us today. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Um, so we actually connected i was going to say met but we did we met <laughs> so i'm going to say we connected uh through a new app called clubhouse uh and we were both we were both talking in the podcast room um and yeah you you shared a little bit about your story a little bit about what you're doing right now and and i thought that was really refreshing and really nice to hear uh, so you were sharing, I'm just going to make it quick and then you're going to tell most about it. But uh, I heard you talking about how, like a lot of people, you were working hard for years, focusing on business, career, providing for the family and everything. And 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 yeah, like not focusing on the family. And then eventually you burned out, you were exhausted and... And you had the realization that actually what's important is the family and not the career and not the money and everything else. Uh, so you switched mindset and, and now you're a family first dad, <laughs> let's say. Um, and I thought that was really nice to hear, uh, really refreshing. <laughs> Thank you very much, Jeremy. So, yeah, so let's let's dive into it to actually understand how you, you came up with that. So maybe let's start with basic. Where are you from? Um, and where do you live now? Okay, thank you very much, Jeremy and Rosie. Um, it's an honor to be on here. As you said, we met on Clubhouse. I'm originally from Nigeria, moved to the UK 13 years ago. But prior to that, uh, I managed to multiply my income by 60 within a period of about seven years, which made me one of the... Um, top single percentage earners in my industry for my age at that time. I'm talking of, well, like 13, 14 years ago. Mm. And then I thought to myself, I need new challenges. I need to do something new. So I migrated to the UK, got a great job, which took me around the world doing trainings and everything. Kept growing and um, climbing the career ladder, as they say, started some businesses along the line. And uh, we had our firstborn, but as I was doing all of this in my mind, I wanted to provide for the family. I want the family to be financially stable. I wanted the family to be comfortable. And in doing that, I was really pouring it on, working very hard. And then I got a senior role where I was working like 80 hours a week weekend public holiday when i'm sick i'm on my laptop and then it got to a point when my son was younger it was maybe about two the only way he knew to get my attention was to come and shut the laptop so that i could give him attention mm. and that went on obviously my wife was telling me to take it easy my health and everything I just didn't even care about my health. It was how the project was going to go, how I was going to save the company money, how I was going to bring money into the company. Then I stopped sleeping. I burnt myself out. I couldn't sleep. I was constantly stressed. I was constantly on the edge. But I will still continue to work. Even when I'm sick and I go home, I'm still working. It then came to a point where I was made redundant because the company was changing the project was changing it was kind of coming to an end they didn't get a new project and everything and then i was made redundant but it really seemed unfair because that's a story for another day the way it happened um made it look unfair made it look like there was an agenda but that's a story for another day it, looking back it was a blessing in disguise for me because that gave me the opportunity to reset reprioritize revalue myself and ask myself okay next 20 years what am i going to be doing and what is this all about what is life about it set me on a course where i started asking some questions what's life about what is really important in life mm. 
and that took me to the point where I said, okay, it's got to be family first. Uh, I need to look after my health. And if a job or an organization is not taking me where I want to go, it's okay for me to leave the organization. It's okay for me to walk away from the business. Because at the end of the day, the business or the job is meant to serve me, not the other way around. Hmm. Yeah, nice. That's that's a really good, really good point. So, um, all right. So, like, let's dive into that because you, there is a lot here. I've got a lot of <laughs> questions and a lot of things that we can dive into. Um, first, like, do you, do you mind uh, maybe telling us a little bit more about uh, life in Nigeria? I've got to admit that I've never met or talked, I think, to anyone from Nigeria. Um, wow. So I don't know much about. <laughs> Like how you grew up over there, uh, what what was your business scene, you know, like anything? Um, okay. So I grew up, I'm the last born in a family of four. My parents were educationists. My dad was into math, statistics and things like that. He actually did some things for Nigeria, for Africa uh, in his role as a statistician. And then my mom was like a vice principal for a secondary school. So as you can imagine, education was very important in our family. And then my brother had a first class. He had all A's in his GCSE. So he set the bar very high for all of us coming. (laughs) So studies, education, and I just need to say, my father must not catch me playing football when i was growing up it had to be all study 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 yeah i could play ball you know football or things like that was for maybe the serious people you know you focus on your studies 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 and then i grew up in a christian home so it was studies church studies church which at some point it felt like it was routine it was too much but i look back and a lot of the discipline, compassion, um, hard work, all of those things were what my parents were trying to get into us. And for what they knew, for the exposure they had, and for their generation, they did the best they could, which was make sure you study very hard and then get a very good job. And then you settle down, have children, do the good job, then you retire, and then you enjoy your life. So I grew up in a very, um, where academics was really taken very serious. Nigeria as a whole is is the most populous country in Africa. We have a very huge population. Um, We have a a great economy as well. As you can imagine, when there are lots of people, there are opportunities um so that's nigeria but i was working in the telecom sector and i was fortunate to be uh one of like the first set of engineers or like the when gsm 2g not even 3g (laughs) 2g nokia 3310 when it came into nigeria that was the sector i was working in so that sector was booming and the timing was perfect for me which meant that yeah which meant there was lots of money in that sector, which meant people that came in early were able to rise very quickly because it was a new field, a new sector altogether. And that was my experience of Nigeria. We've got a great banking industry, uh, various other things um, in Nigeria. And I usually say almost everywhere you go in the world, you'll find a Nigerian, you know, in the <laughs> academics and all of these things, you will always find a Nigerian somewhere. And so it's really interesting. So you can see that everything you, your parents taught you during your education about working hard, being disciplined, doing well at school, how that impacted your life later. Uh, Absolutely. In, in your job, you can see how everything is coming. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's coming there. And what pushed you to move to, to England then? So what must pu- have been a decision okay what pushed me to move was i got to a role where i was heading like the switch section of a branch of um the company so i was taking to a part of the country where i was heading the switching system and there was back then the way the company was structured i didn't see myself being promoted or there was like no 
no progression to for me to aspire to or to be promoted to the way the company was structured back then i just felt i was too young to settle down with the money that i was earning and just not explore life just not see how far i could push myself so i was managing projects already but that's pushed me more into writing projects management exams because i had lots of time on my hands reading studying and all of that i just wanted to improve myself i wanted to challenge myself and that was then the exam i wrote prince 2 this was back in 2003 and prince 2 was really embraced in the uk back then so i just thought okay let's see what's um, available in the uk and then i applied for a work permit got it that was what led me to come and see how far i could push myself that is super interesting i think uh it's it's really brave in a sense and also it's quite unusual in the sense that most most people they get like you say they climb the ladder they get to a point where they manage people they're making good money and now it's like you know i can buy a house i can enjoy life and and that's it i'm i'm, I'm just going to do that for the rest of my life get the money do whatever i want but you 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 were not satisfied. It's like no, I can I can be better. I can do more. I want to challenge myself. That's that's really unusual. It's quite it's really cool. I think really courageous because it's a risk. <laughs> obviously, um, when when you have everything like leaving everything behind, moving to a new country to start again, effectively. Yeah, I mean that's courageous. <laughs> yes, and it wasn't without its challenges. And I I just said to myself. I wasn't married then. I didn't have any responsibilities. So I think that made it a little easier for me to do. How old but were you? Back then I was 20, 28, 29. Okay. Back then, I just thought to myself, if I don't do it now, is it when I have kids or when I have a family? And I just felt there was more that I could give to the world. There was more I could give. And... It was risky. Some people felt I was really stupid because <laughs> for the salary I was on, and I'm not kidding, I could live on my one-month salary for the whole year for my accommodation, my feeding. For the part of the country I was living in, yeah. my one-month salary was okay. So I had money to invest back then and all of that. And some people just felt it was very stupid. But one of my mentors, who was also... um the pastor of the church I was going, his name is Sam Adeyemi, his success is like one of the top leadership people in Africa, maybe even in the world, is like um, someone like maybe the African John Maxwell or something, but he was always saying you needed to push yourself more, you need to do more and things like that. So I'll say the environment that I found myself in helped me to push myself beyond just being comfortable settle down and die <laughs> really <laughs> yeah that makes sense yeah i have to ask you about moving to england how was that as in like the culture shock the weather the people the tea the beer everything <laughs> so i had been visiting before i made my move because my current wife she was studying for a master so i was coming i don't know maybe almost every quarter or something like that so i knew a little bit because vi- i think visiting is different from living because visiting i had my money to spend i just went into the shop spent my money two weeks after i'm out back so it was totally different but when i moved I think one of the first things that was like a culture shock for me was Christmas. Because mm. I think the first Christmas, there was no car on the road. The first Christmas in the UK, all the malls were shut. Everything was just quiet. And because we were new, we didn't have like a family or friend network that we now have. Mm. But in Nigeria, Christmas was a big thing. It was growing up it was usually with my cousins big family big feasting everything and then also the estate i grew up in 
we knew all our neighbors we looked out for one another we 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 did lots of things together but i found in, when i came to the uk i found okay it was almost predominantly i keep to myself i do my own thing i almost don't say hello to the next person i say sorry for everything <laughs> you know so those were some of some of the things that i would say were culture shocks for me i think particularly that neighborhood thing that communal or community knowing your neighbor being kind to your neighbor doing things together but all the neighbors we've had we've been very lucky and blessed to have wonderful neighbors you know yeah um so when you decided to actually move to to england uh did you already have a job and everything or you just moved and say i'm gonna see what happened <laughs> so i took my annual leave thinking i'll try it out for two or three weeks see how it goes <laughs> and then my salary was doubled well my first few weeks of being in the uk and it was like is this really the right thing for you to do or should i go back to this lovely salary so answer is i didn't have a job and for like five months i didn't have a job this is someone that has never looked for a job in my life i got mm. the kind of job i wanted where i wanted so it was really challenging um it was really i won't go into the details but it was really really challenging until what my I got a job that I did for a week and then I landed my dream job. It's funny how then when the jobs came, they came um, together. My, the, the first main job I sort of got, not the one week one. My boss was American and when we spoke, when I did the interview, he really, really liked me. We gelled very well. He offered me the role and that's the role where I was traveling, um, middle east africa everywhere doing program management training and it was good to have someone believe in me because i think for me it wasn't whether i could do the job or not it was in my mind a case of someone giving me that opportunity to prove that i could do it or not but if you're not even given the opportunity for whatever reason how do you prove you can't do it or you can do it you know yeah, it's always it's like the the whole story when when you get out of school, you're looking for a job and people tell you, yeah, you need experience. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but if no one give me a chance, I'm never gonna have experience. Absolutely, like, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and that's a cycle. So yeah, you just need to prove yourself. And, yes. But like you said, also having someone that believes in you. Yes. It's tremendously helpful. Yes. Yes. Because the 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 environment it's way better and it's way better to work this way and it makes your life easier when you work where someone believes in you yes yeah. yeah um so how many years then did you spend working like crazy how long how long that was in in uk when you work like crazy hours and traveling around the world and so i think when we didn't have a child our children it was sort of easier i think once or twice i even traveled with my wife which made it easier i think it was when my our firstborn came along that the dynamics changed but i did not change quickly enough because i still felt i could do all the reading i wanted to do i could do all the training i wanted to do and also over the years, I was growing in career progression, getting more uh, senior roles. And the senior role that I described was about the time when my son was about one, two. So that was really when it got to the peak, sort of, because I had, I don't know how many people reporting to me. Um, I was responsible for millions of pounds of income coming into the company as well as signing contractors had um quantity surveyors working for me different not working for me working under my program i was running like two big programs and it was very 
challenging. It was very stressful because it was time bound. You and the margins were very slim. So I wanted to get the best margin for the company. And I also believed in keeping my contractors happy so that they will always continue to work for me. And then the client wants all the things in the world, but doesn't want to pay for it. The contractor (laughs) wants to get as much money. So I was stuck in the middle and it was everyone happy. Yeah. So it was juggling all of that, that sort of pushed it kind of over there. So I'll say the stressful period, I'll say it was really like a two year period where it really was bad. Yes. 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 But it didn't start off being bad because maybe the first six of those two years it was ramping up the project then month 12 to like month 18 that was when it really grew that sort of thing yeah it's it's excitement yes and then eventually it's turning into good stress and then bad stress and anxiety and And i wouldn't lie i really loved it when i started because um i came in and from not having like a structure we had a structure everybody knew what they were doing we were beginning to operate like a um we were operating almost a slim seamless um line where i hand over to you you hand over to me i knew what i was doing you knew what you were doing we just formed the team brought the team together recruited people so it was i mean some of them have gone to um new roles now project managers and i'm always happy that i was helpful i give them the chance along the journey because someone gave me a chance so that that's one of the things that was really exciting for me you know seeing order where there was no order and putting in place structure where there was no structure so initially i will say it was really fun as the project was starting and were you aware did you realize when that was happening that you were not fully present for your for your family or that was kind of you know because when you're in the action you don't always realize actually that you you're not doing what you should be doing or that is correct when it was happening all i wanted all i cared about was margins making the projects work and I added some extra pressure on myself, uh, trying to to make to make a point, being like the only black in that sort of role position. So I, yeah. that was extra pressure that I put on myself. Uh, and did I know while I was in it? No, because it was just like the right thing to do to make this successful then maybe i'll get promoted or or whatever and then the next person that comes along they'll be able to give them a chance when i was in it i didn't realize until the point at which i then was no longer sleeping i was just like working for i wouldn't say 24 7 but um (laughs) just forever just constantly working and was that causing tension in, in, in your couple, like with your wife? Or? I think my wife, kudos to her. She was very understanding. And I think the danger of that state is there is a danger to think it's only for a while. It's only for one week. Oh, okay, it's gone on for a month. Okay, just one more week will turn things around. It's gone for two months. We just need to turn this corner. And I think for me, that was the danger of, by the time I started getting to know, it was a case of, okay, once we turn this corner, but projects just kept evolving and things, things were just, so we, we have this fire, we put it out, we put a structure around it, almost like building a house. The, you fix the foundation problem, you go, okay, so we can't have a problem with foundation again. But as you start building, as you, as you start rising, the problems about third floor, fourth floor, you never had them, so you never um, prepared for them in quotes. So you've managed out the problem of foundation, first to third floor. It's no longer a problem, you know, but as you go into a new area wow okay this is now coming we need to work on it so my wife was really supportive really understanding and she she was sort of looking out for me but 
think as a man, I just wanted to do this. I wanted to make sure this worked. Um, so that that was that was it really. But she was very understanding. Yeah, and um, it's it's always a complicated situation, especially like also when what you're doing is successful and you make money and everything. It's like. Like, this is working yeah and you know like the money yeah, is gonna be for reason. the child later yeah. and like you have this motivation you 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 believe you're doing the right thing yes. and i mean you, you are doing your best to provide yeah. for your family and everything but you don't realize that it's like yeah you know later we'll be able to go in holiday or to pay for college or yeah. whatever but yeah what about now yeah. it's but we don't see that it's always complicated absolutely absolutely mm. and as you said when you're in it sometimes you don't see it it's it's the external person that that sees it i think there were times she kind of stopped me from accessing my computer or something just so i could rest you know where where the the disagreement was almost a case of you do need to rest you need to sleep you know that kind of disagreement we did have yeah <laughs> yeah but you said also that was eventually affecting your family, but also you, like your health and, yes. and everything. That's when I guess you, you realize that, okay, maybe there is something wrong there. Yes, yes. But I will not lie. When I was in the thick of it, I think it was a case of me thinking, excuse me, I just need to get this across the line. I just need to deliver this program. And... I know there was somebody in another directorate where the one of the managers died. We had one minute silence and everything just went back to normal. And then some people at work started speaking to me about, you know, you stop sending me emails at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. And sometimes because I don't want to be told off, I'll schedule the email to... I'll, I'll send it, but it won't be delivered until like 7 or 8. So they don't yeah. think I was working in the night. I don't know, but I think it's one of those things where when you're caught up in it, it's very dangerous because mm. you might. And because I was not really getting sick, maybe I had a cold or something. I didn't, I just felt I could keep going. I could keep going. I could keep going. But it, it was just not sustainable. It was just not sustainable. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah, you can't physically and like for the brain that's not something our body can sustain yeah, for, yeah. for too long eventually you're gonna you're gonna crash yes and hard yes, yes. <laughs> yeah um so well you did crash eventually yes when i wasn't sleeping uh, for months and, and then i became yeah. irritable i was stressed all the time little mm. things started stressing me up you know but i made sure i wasn't stressed while I was driving, just because I didn't want to have a crash or anything. No, but I was stressed, work-wise, everything else. Yeah, with your kids as well, I guess? The funny, the funny thing is, so I think that with my son then, it was, I loved my son, I tried to make time for him, but little things were upsetting me. And sometimes when maybe I scold him, then I just knew I didn't want to do anything stupid. So sometimes if I feel upset, I'll try and take myself away from the situation because I don't want to do anything stupid. So even though I was stressed, I was trying to make sure I didn't do anything stupid, you know, like taking myself away from the situation. Um, but there were once or twice where I scolded him and then I think back and I thought, okay, maybe that was excessive. And then I tried to apologize to him. So maybe I shouldn't have raised my voice or things like that. But it wasn't the situation. It was the fact that my brain was tired. Everything was tired. Yeah. But that's still not yeah, an excuse. Not really. No, no, but it's, I mean, it, it happens a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. When, when you have like your, and to everyone, I mean, to a certain degree, but when you have a stressful day at work, when you go back home, like you're like grumpy and and not in a mood and you don't want to chat and yeah. and and you start a fight for no reason <laughs> with your wife or your kids or friends yeah. or whoever it is like it's, yeah. it's happening to everyone yeah. to a certain degree yeah 
Yeah, yeah. It's classic. So how did you end up solving this problem? Did you quit the job? Did you reduce the hours? What happened I was made there? redundant. Oh, you said yeah. Yeah, so it was a blessing in disguise. And prior to, so at some point, before the redundancy, when I became aware this was now an issue, I'd started asking the question of what else can I do to mm. still sustain the income, but not this level of stress, what other things. So I had started asking questions. I think I had started um, coaching, um, doing trainings, reading, and everything I could do to see what I needed to do and what was not right. So the redundancy helped things move more quickly. Mm. Yeah, it was the push. (laughs) It was the push, so it helped things move more quickly. Yeah. And so after that, how long did you spend, let's say, working on yourself and figuring out the next the next step? As, or you just actually or did you actually take time off? Yes. It's like I'm actually not gonna do anything yes. for a bit. Yes. Just, yeah. So uh we went to Dominican Republic for our wedding anniversary. That was really nice. Um for three, four months I didn't even I don't even think I applied for any role. You know, it was just working on myself and all of that. And then I got another job that allowed me to travel the world and everything. And then that job was not. And one of the things when I started that job was I told them I've done the 80 hour week and I'm not doing it anymore. And I think my daughter was on the way. So I, before I would have done everything and I was still once in a while, if there was the need to once in a while, I will do one hour or something in the weekend or after I get back home. But it was not a case of it being normal. So I set the expectation on this new job. And I think the new line manager was a little shocked. Who is this person coming saying he's not doing 80 hours? Well, I had to set the expectation because I knew myself that if I didn't, I could, I will most likely want to work very hard. So I set the expectation and set boundaries once i get home once the laptop is short it's short once I, so i started setting boundaries which was really good for me and helped me not to take myself over the edge another time and when the company was not taking me where i wanted to go i resigned which was good for another one or two months i didn't do any job when I got the next one, the my my rev income went over the roof. It was a whole lot better. I'm like, maybe I should have done this <laughs> a lot earlier. <laughs> but you know, the fear of oh, what will happen. I don't recommend anyone doing it, but it did work for me. But I guess I had come to a point where money was not going to come before my well well being, which was why mm. I was able to just walk away from it. Yeah. Well, thing is that I think a lot of people want that. Yeah. But and then you have the pressure of, you know, the the society in a sense, and and everyone also expecting, like you said, like people just expected you to work crazy hours. It's just a norm yeah. in the in in the corporate business job. So people just take it for granted, like. Yeah, you're just gonna sleep at the office every day. Like, cares about your family. Like, it's just—it's becoming normal yeah. in a sense, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and I think it's dangerous when. So one of the things I I tell that that I work with that do coaching with me is, are you doing what you want to do or what the society expects of you? Because mm-hmm. sometimes the right, so sometimes for some people the right thing to do is actually to go for a less paying job or less responsibilities because of the states of the stage of life they're in. Maybe they have a new baby, whatever it is. So pushing forward for that career may not serve you well, or maybe they're having a strange relationship with their partner. Maybe it's better to save your marriage for the next six months or one year 
and then build your career back up but i think there is something about oh i don't want to take a career break or finances and i know it's different for different people um maybe the dead people have or it's got to be what works for each person but i'm realizing more and more now that we have options we have choices i had a summit for that last year in december and one of the people that spoke was talking about the fact that the society i've got to provide for my family but this is not what i really want to do and i was chatting with the speaker and we were saying i was saying to her people make money just driving cars for example lewis hamilton all he does is drive cars and I say to myself, how can somebody be making money just cooking? Gordon Ramsay is a chef cooking what we do at home. And then there are those people that make money singing. We're, well, most of us sing in the shower. Maybe we're not as good as them. But I'm trying to say that sometimes going to school, getting a good job, frames our mind into yeah. 9 to 5 when there are options and where when people begin to do the work they resent the work they don't like just because they want to pay the bills then they become unfulfilled and some of them might begin to go into stress depression and things like that because they are waking up going to where they ate to go to do what they don't like staying with people that they don't really get along with and some of them I'm not saying everybody some of them are writers they have books locked up inside them some of them are chefs some of them are artists they're supposed to be painting and drawing mm -hmm. you know but it takes an element of um, boldness and courage to go this is what I want to do and walking away from it and I usually joke that maybe living Nigeria coming to the uk sort of gave me the courage to be able to walk away from a job okay i've left it all before and it started from scratch maybe it wouldn't be too bad and then the next time i left the job it was not as difficult as the first one because i had something to refer back to a reference point but I'm not saying people should leave their jobs and go, but what can you start doing now? Do you have a side hustle you can start working on? And we were watching YouTube and I was um, I was amazed at a YouTube video that had over a million views on how to make um, a girl's hair. I'm thinking just making hair over a million view views. So somebody must be paying them. It's just things that you know the i i suppose maybe because i grew up around i've got to work hard get a good job yeah traditional, traditional you know it's yeah so yeah. it's challenging that status quo that everybody must do nine to five everybody must climb that career ladder when um when you even have people i think sometimes being too educated could be a cost what I mean is you'll see builders, traders, people that don't have university degree and stuff. They're just in the building trade and then they bought the first house, second house. Before you know it, they have 20 houses. They have passive income. They just don't overthink it. They just don't go into all these over analysis. And then you have people that have economics degree and all that that's saying, no, 2020's um, recession is COVID giving you all the facts and figures and somebody's just going well i think people need this thing i'll see if i can sell it to people and that's the basis of making money really you know you find a problem to solve and you solve that problem for people and it's it's just realizing that there are options i think that's what i'm trying to say you know giving the example of people that drive and i also ask myself in fact when i was in school i used to say in school that I don't care what I do, but even if I'm going to be a driver, then somebody must be driving the president of the United States. Somebody must be the driver of the queen. I like to think they are not paid peanuts, you know? So even if all I'm doing oh, yeah. is a driver, a chauffeur, okay, let's call it a chauffeur. <laughs> let's call it a chauffeur. If all I'm going to be is a chauffeur, then 
I need to find a way to be the chauffeur for the president or the chauffeur for the queen. And maybe I'll make, I don't know, more than the guy that works. So it's just rethinking what we've been taught, you know, over time. Yeah. Yeah. This, I've got a lot to say here. Um, what you said about being too educated, that's really true. Uh, Gary V talks about that. He says a lot that one of the reasons he's been successful is because he's not educated. So he has a really simple way of thinking yeah. and, and really basic. And he doesn't overthink shit yeah. because of whatever he's been learning. So I, and I think that's a really good point. Um, but yeah, I don't know how many times on this podcast we've heard people talking about getting a real job. Like this definition of a real job. Um, and all the job in the box, yeah. like you're saying. But yeah, actually, how many people in the world, and this number is growing every day, especially right now with the internet and everything, but how many people are making a living and actually a lot of money without a real job? Lots, lots. You know, like a ton of people. And it's probably millions every single day being added um, with all those, I don't know... <laughs> stupid job whatever people <laughs> want to call them uh but yeah it's just that was true 50 years ago yes. for our parents yes. uh but we live in a different age Absolutely. now with internet yeah. okay with that like everything that we are doing right now this is changing the whole yes. game yes this is a game changer and i think it's just like a generational thing about yes. like our like our it's it's i i can understand like it's hard to understand for my dad. <laughs> like he's 60 years old. Like I, I understand that this is confusing. How can you make money on YouTube? Yes. Like that, that doesn't make any sense. What's YouTube? Yes, it. yes. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's going to change eventually mm. with, I mean, obviously like generation. I mean, we, we are in between because yes. we knew before and after, yes. but that's going to change eventually when you have kids right now just growing with a phone. Oh. Like, when they were like i don't know eight years old they have a phone already yes. you know, like whatever it is like that, that's gonna change everything and but yeah, yeah. this damn real job yeah. i don't know how many times we've heard that on the podcast yeah. so many people are saying like i need to get a real job because my parents expect me to or my friends or what are they gonna think about me or yeah and and, um, and we need to stop as long as we're not breaking any laws we need to stop what will people think? What will people say? Because somebody said, if you know how little people think about you, you'll feel offended. Because some people care more about their nails that is broken, but that they care about you. About what and doing. here you are not doing what you want to do because of what will people say. Yeah. So how, how did you come up with the idea of coaching dads and creating uh, the present dads? How did that came up? So as I was transitioning, a few friends came to me for coaching, you know, um, just help me out here. What do you think about this? And I'd always been the person, well, I, I looked back over my life and I realized when friends or people that are close to me want to make decisions, they sometimes say, what do you think about this, Baba? Do you think I should do this or do you think I should do that? And sometimes... I'll spend 30 minutes, one hour with them, and they're like, okay, yes, now I'm very super clear on what to do. Now I know what to do. And then I was part of Toastmasters, and sometimes I'll just give my five to seven minutes talk, and people will go, wow, thanks for that, your talk. Now I know what to do. So as part of my soul searching, as part of my asking questions, I was asking what has been reoccurring in my life, what can I look back and say has been a reoccurring thing so that was one of the things and then i thought okay yeah i've spoken in 10 countries in three continents maybe i should teach people about public speaking because i i can speak without notes for an hour i don't care but i realized not everybody and then not everybody is really interested in public speaking especially during covid it's more of how do i cope how do i balance working at home, a family, I just lost my job, everything is just so pressured now. So all of those, I'm try trying to be relevant and realistic about the times we're in, 
and looking at my skills and what I had done was what then led me into okay what can I do for that that were in a that are in the position that I was in a few years ago and also how can I use my learning my experience the pain the mistakes the money that I've have um, the costly mistakes so that other people don't make the costly mistake and save them time and speeding you know coming from overwhelmed feeling frustrated because they feel guilty for working while they should be with family and all of that or they even want to change careers or they want to start their business or they want to take the business to the next level but they are not everything just looks cloudy and sometimes you just need to speak to someone to not tell you what you don't know but just like i don't even want to use the word coach just like an advocate somebody that champions you that supports you that cheers you on um on your side to move along so that's how it was formed and then we had our summit in december and it was really well received and it was interesting that family first sort of when we were doing like a review of top things that people learned that family first just kept coming back over and over yeah and i I like what you just said about like more than just being a coach or whatever is just being there like being supportive like having someone that like we said at the beginning just the fact that you you believe in them and your help to and you're here to help them and support them and give them clarity more than telling them what to do you're just helping them to like get focus on whatever they want to do um that's invaluable because people have ideas people have dreams people want to do xyz but most of the time they're scared to do it because it's scary because they don't have they don't know how to get started and because they don't have anyone to well like give them the little push when they need yes, it yes. Uh, or stuff like that like i mean yeah i guess you can relate to that yeah yeah <laughs> um how did working for yourself now affect your like your family life and also your relationships and things like that at home it's got the pros and the cons if you're too lazy then you could be sleeping in bed the whole week and not do anything but then it's also it's also the freedom to do what you want to do when you want to do it how has it affected us for one i now decide what i want to do when i want to do it i think that that has been great I get to do the school runs when school is in session. I get to, um, I get to help with more than I used to, um, being at home. I get to go for my work, so it's been very helpful for me, for my own mental health, my well-being, being able to go for walks, look after myself. In terms of family time, I think the greatest one has been, you know. I could just be working for one hour and just decide, you know, I'm going to go downstairs and all I'm going to do is just run around with the kids, just do absolutely nothing. Or sometimes they're in the playroom, I just go join them, just watch them doing it. And my daughter is fun, fun of if I go in, she, I have to be involved. She gets me involved in what's going on, which is good, which is great. And it's still possible if I was working, but I think the fact that I can do it at 10 a.m. if I want at all. So that has been very, very good. I think also it's helping me go. I'm challenging the status quo, you know, the status quo, real job, you know. And it's, it's, I'm one of those that believe life is a journey. So it's not like, I'm not going to stand here and like go, I have it all worked out. Come to me for any problem. No, I'm still on a journey myself, you know. I'm just a few steps ahead of some other people, you know, and there are some other people that are a few steps ahead of me. So how has it affected me? I think it's been a blessing with COVID, lockdown, everything. Uh, there is no pressure of I have to deliver this, I have to deliver that. Some 
days, some weeks, I go full steam. Other times, if I feel I'm about to get into where I'm triggering myself, I just take it easy, reflect, read a book. It's the options is what's been very great. Yeah, yeah the, the, the freedom and the flexibility, yes. basically. Yes, Yeah. And, uh, well, obviously, I mean, yeah, spending spending more time with with the kids and yes. your wife. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Also, how how did your wife and kids adjust and reacted to this change? Because I mean, it's affecting you, but also it's affecting them. Like that's you know changing the routine. Like how even your your relationship with your kids and everything. Like that, that must be different. I think right? they all love it because they can they can come upstairs and just disturb, not disturb, and just come into the story. Sometimes I'm having um, a meeting or something. And if my daughter comes in, I just apologize to whoever I'm meeting with and life goes on. Five years ago, I probably have been a little stressed that, oh, she's coming into a meeting. Well, she's a child. It's lockdown. You know, I'll apologize. Hopefully, I don't lose the client. Obviously, I try to avoid, but they're just kids. They love it. So that's the answer. They love the flexibility it gives them. Well, I think that's something everyone has been learning with COVID is that we have people, kids, dogs, yes. pets around and we're getting used to see something showing up on the yeah. screen that's not supposed to be. <laughs> we're getting used to it now. Yes, yes, yes. And I think people need to give themselves grace. Even if you are working, you know, just give yourself grace. Um, this perfection, I think it's a lie that we've all been sold. So the, it's it. We're all going through a lot at the moment. The last thing we should be doing is adding extra pressure on other people. Or if people seem off, just giving them grace. Maybe it's just gotten too much for them on that day. Really. Yeah. Be be a bit more respectful. Yeah, and and compassionate. And yes. Yes. Mm. Do you see? Do you see yourself doing that for a while and 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 carrying on even the I don't know after COVID I don't know how to say uh when things become more normal when whatever we're gonna say but like, do you like what you're doing right now and do you see yourself doing that and maybe growing yes and... yes I see myself when there is no more COVID at some point I would like to have a big event dad event where dads could just come. Some share their stories, some share um, their wins, and even dads helping one another. I will even like to see a community of dads, you know, where you could just, I don't mean just sharing funny jokes and dad jokes, but where purpose-driven or mission-driven dads, legacy-driven dads can connect communicate share inspirations share ideas share their passions even collaborate on maybe okay i'm good at this you're good at this let's form a charity or or something let's help boys i i see it evolving and the interesting thing is when dads are more present we're beginning to shape the next generation so we're beginning to tell the boys this is what is right, this is what is wrong. We're beginning to tell the girls, this is what is right, this is what is wrong. So beyond being present, being at home, doing what you want, what you enjoy, providing for the family, it has an effect on the next generation as well. So I see myself taking this further by God's grace beyond COVID and after COVID, you know doing more speaking opportunities, more coaching, more collaborations. I think what, where you can actually make a change and have an impact is if you can find a way to have men getting vulnerable and actually talking about real shit and not just football <laughs> and beer and cars and whatever bullshit we are really good at talking about but actually having like a bunch of guys talking about not feeling well expressing their feelings uh 
I think that's when like a shift can happen. Like it's still, we still. I mean, I'm still terrible at it. Like, most most men don't like to share emotions, especially with other guys. We still want to be cool and whatever. So I think that if you can bring this level of like compassion and and vulnerability and sharing, creating like a, a safe space for people to be themselves and and talk about whatever's going on in their life in in a good way without being judged or whatever i think that could be a uh, pretty amazing yeah thanks for that jeremy yeah absolutely correct i think the challenge is men we think we've got it all worked out we don't need help we don't need to share we have it under control and i think it's one of the false the lies that the society has fed over and over so something that has been fed over and over for decades maybe centuries will not change overnight so by sharing my story i'm hoping that someone will contact me and say and and connect with that story and then maybe that person too will be able to share their own story and then it begins to become a ripple effect and like you said a meaningful safe environment is very crucial to to this working so it's something i'm working on and it's something i will like to see happen where we can have yeah. the dad connection and all of that without feeling judged and not just as you said talking about this is the new um yeah. this is the new <laughs> truck that i've got or i've just finished finished my shed come on see the shed you know the new toy and all of that kind of things yeah yeah Something that's actually interesting, I don't know if they really do this in England, but they have like men's circles here and women's circles mm. and it's kind of where you like connect and do eye gazing and like connection activities where it's, you, you don't even do a lot of talking, it's more just about connecting Feeling, kind of, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's, is that a thing in I'm in not sure, I know there are some um, groups, there are different um, groups, but I don't know specifically of what you've described, but I know I've co- there are some men groups for men support maybe even single i mean single parents and things there are some of those but i think we also need to appreciate the fact that this might be relatively new because i think more of what is out there has typically been women empowerment sisterhood and all of that so i think there is a relative youth to all of these development as well that hopefully will if only men will open up more that would have been nice work <laughs> no yeah it's totally new in the sense that just in terms of generation like i think like that's kind of like that's some, that's a trend that's coming with our generation like our dads no, no way <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that's just like step one, yes. and and it's, and it's even not even step one yet. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it's really like a tiny, tiny amount of people, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you have more gathering around the world to talk about cars and food yeah. than about feelings yes. or whatever. Yes. For guys. Yes. So, yeah, it's it's gonna take yes. a while yes. for sure. But but I mean, no, it's great what you are creating is. I think it's a really good idea. Like I said at the beginning, it's refreshing yeah. to Thank hear you. this kind of uh, yeah, this, this kind of stories, and and hopefully, like you said, it's a ripple effect. Yes. You you talk to someone that's gonna talk to someone yeah. that's gonna talk to someone, and and eventually that's how you you create a change. Mm-hmm. Like you, the point is not to change the world overnight; yes. it's to change one person, and 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 step by step is gonna change. Absolutely a bunch of people big enough to create a shift and yeah shift things around absolutely speaking of which if anybody listening wants to contact you where can they find you instagram email okay so on instagram my handle is uh, babatunjf or i don't know if we could add it to the show notes so i think that would probably be best so (laughs) if you click on the show notes you will be able to see the best way to contact me you can find me on facebook send me a message I've got a Facebook page called Present Dads. So feel free to 
um, follow the page so you can see what we're up to and um, connect on there but if you want to speak to me personally you can message me on Facebook or Instagram I think either of those will be great Perfect. have you thought about creating a podcast yes I think your your I mean the the, the, the concept that you're doing it, it would be great like interviewing dad yes every week and and having stories being shared I think that would be amazing yes so it was meant to start in December but um um some other things took priority so i would like to think this q1 quarter one of 2021 it will launch yes <laughs> so nice um that'll be all right so let me know when you do it and i'll, I'll oh thank you so and, much and and yeah no that'd be cool i think I, I think that's that everything you're doing would be really valuable yeah valuable and, and a podcast is a great platform to share stories yeah. like that it's yeah it's a good medium yeah so yeah well thank you so much for being on the episode today and for sharing your story it was really nice to kind of hear your whole background and where you came from and how you kind of you know you've gone through life and you've learned your lessons and now you're helping other people I think it's really inspirational um so yeah thank you for being on and sharing your story thank you so much for having me from just a random room in clubhouse to spend it (laughs) (laughs) it's been really great um, being on the show thank you so much Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, We really hope you go and send Baba a message and just say hi to him. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new episode. Make sure you leave us a review if you enjoyed it. That would be nice. (laughs) And we'll see you next week. Yeah, see you next week, guys. Bye.